Well, some would say I'm living by luck. Just come from a Buddhist country. Everything's lucky, lucky, lucky there. Hoping to get some karma. Hoping to have some chance. Some people say I'm living by luck. Some people say I'm living by reason and intellect and education and philosophy, human wisdom. I'm living by training. I got this thing figured out. Uh, It reminds me, one day we were doing a staycation at the Captain Cook Hotel. The manager there uh, was a friend of mine. The owner was a friend of mine. And they used to give us a great deal. So I went down to the, uh, whatever that restaurant's called downstairs, at Fletcher's, to order something. And it was closed. So at the bar, I ordered a pizza or something to take up to the room to my wife. They'd given us the crow's nest suite. And, uh, and so the guy sitting at the bar is kind of drunk and he says, uh, he says to me, uh, what do you do? I said, well, I'm a pastor and I do leadership development. He said, well, what do you think of the writings of blah, 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 some guy I never heard of before? I said, I never heard of that guy. Well, you're a lousy leadership guy if you've never heard of him. You're worthless if you don't know that guy. You need to be like me, be well studied and know everything. Well, that kind of ticked me off. You know what I'm saying? I said, and then be sitting alone at a bar on a Saturday night at midnight getting drunk by yourself. His theory was, I'm living based on man's wisdom. Other people say, I'm just making it day to day. That's how I'm living. I looked this up because I didn't know what it meant. But evidently, back in the old days, pilots weren't real smart. And they'd take off in rickety airplanes in bad weather. And their wives would be at home waiting for them to land. And they would say they're making it in on a wing and a prayer. How you live in your life? Oh, I, I, I'm living my life on a wing and a prayer. Now, I'll tell you, I, I'm, I'm living my life on my personal development plan. I made this plan out and... And it seemed good to me and the law of attraction. If you think good thoughts, you will attract good things. And so I have a picture of the car I want hanging on my mirror. And I have a picture of the house I want. And I have a picture because, because I got my life all planned out. And, and the law of attraction is going to work. That's, that's, that's how I'm living my life. Other people say I, I'm living by the wishes and demands that other people have for me. I went to a movie, believe it or not. I went to a movie years ago. And I've been to about three movies in my lifetime or something. But this one was uh, Kung Fu Panda. And it moved me deeply. I'm telling you. I'm serious. It moved me deeply. And uh, it moved me that uh, the Kung Fu Panda was trying to fulfill his noodle dream. And, and I don't know if any of you know the movie. But he was trying to reach his noodle dream only to find out that there really was no noodle dream at all. So I took the whole staff. I made our, I paid our staff to go to Kung Fu Panda. And uh, then we did a Bible study afterwards. And my question was, does anybody have a noodle dream for you like Kung Fu Panda's dad had for him? And more than one of our staff broke into tears and said, my whole life, I've been trying to live up to the dream that somebody else had for me. So it's not so easy to just sing the song and say I'm living by faith because there's all these other options of ways to live. 
The primary goal of what I want to teach in the next several months is to empower each of us to be able to truthfully proclaim, I am living by faith. Say it with me. I am living by faith. Now, to one degree, this is true of me. But to another degree, it is not true of me, which is why I preach this series. As I dug into the book of Matthew, I began to see over and over and over again the incredible effects of faith. I began to see the healings and the blind seeing and the lame walking and the, uh, in John, the water turned into wine and I began to see the Lord being strengthened in his 40 day fast by the Spirit. And I sensed the Lord say to me, in a sense, Kent, you are living by faith, but in another sense, there's a whole nother level of faith for you to walk in. You see, Christian faith carries a precise meaning that sets us apart from other uses of the term. It's very common. You got to have faith. You hear it in almost every venue. I like to watch sports. You hear it from the team that won. You just got to have faith. You hardly ever hear it from the team that lost. You know, it's like, yeah, how'd you lose? Had faith. Uh, You always hear it from the team that won. Uh, You got to believe in yourself. Uh, secular faith, different than Christian faith, is considered a personal internal belief in the self. They say things like this, you can, if you think you can, believe it to achieve it. In Roy T. Bennett's book, The Light in the Heart, he captures this wrong view of faith, or not necessarily wrong, he captures the secular view of faith perfectly. Don't let others tell you what you can't do. Don't let the limitations of others limit your vision. If you can remove your self-doubt and believe in yourself, you can achieve what you never thought possible. The problem is, that's partly true. But it's not Christian faith. I went to another movie. It was called The Polar Express. It was a Christmas movie. Has one of the most beautiful songs for secular faith you've ever heard. Here's a line. It goes like this. There's no time to waste. There's so much to celebrate. Believe in what you feel inside. And give your dreams the what's inside you have everything you need just believe in yourself it's beautiful it's a great song to go with the santa claus image they had on the screen but it's not christian faith steven spielberg put together a movie which i did not see i think it's called the prince of egypt and he has a line in a song that i think captures this misnomer as well it goes like this
you believe. In contrast to that, isn't that beautiful music, by the way? If Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey can't sing, I don't know what, what the deal is. I wish they both knew the Lord. In contrast to this believe in yourself thing is Christian faith. See, Christian faith is specifically belief in God as revealed in the Bible and in his revelation to you. It's not faith that, that is a hope so. It's not faith that is a wish. It's, it's belief in God and what God has said. It's, it's being sure uh, your anchor holds and grips the solid rock of the word of God and of God himself. The father of Christian faith is Abraham. Abraham is considered the father of all who live by faith. According to Romans 4.11, the purpose was to make him the father of all who believe without being circumcised so that righteousness would be counted to them as well. So way back in Genesis 15, we see that Abraham already understood that belief is, is counted as righteousness. Belief is what pleases the father. My text today is After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Abraham, look toward heaven and number the stars. If you are able to number them. Then he said to Abram, So shall your offspring be. Verse 6, and he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. Believing God is the essence of Christian faith. God is central to faith. Faith is not mental assent. Faith is not positive thinking. Faith is not uh, what we might call broadcasting happiness is what they call it now. Faith is not maximizing human potential. Faith is not the law of attraction. Faith is solidly anchored in the person of God. God is central in all Christian faith. Four times in Genesis 15, 1 through 6, God is mentioned. And the word of the Lord came to Abram. But Abram said, O Lord God. Uh, And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And verse 6, and he believed the Lord. Faith is a product of a relationship with this God. Faith is a product of knowing God. It is a product of hearing his voice. It is a product of a relationship with him. You see, God is central, but God and his word are central as well. They are essential to Christian faith. In verse 1, it says, And the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. 
I listened to Tim Keller. Maybe you're a Tim Keller fan, great theologian, Presbyterian theologian out of New York City. I listened to him on another text, and, and he said, you know, you can't trust hearing from God. You can only trust what's written in the Bible. Well, this surely didn't work for Abraham. This surely didn't work for Abraham. The fact is, we need to come to this place, and I think we can in our 40 days of fasting and prayer, of where we, like Abram, have the word of the Lord come to us. Where we know that we know, without doubt, without uh, uh, consternation, without any hindrance of clarity of thought, I know my Savior has spoken to me. I love the line of the apostle that said, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded and I'm convinced that he is able. I'm going to read that again in a moment. There's The Bible is essential. The Bible is crucial. And the Lord speaks to us out of the Bible. It is very, very uh, foundational, the word of the Lord. But if you need to know if you turn right or left at that intersection, you're lost and you don't know whether to turn right or left. You don't want to go and go, okay, let's see here in uh, uh, Psalm 145, uh, the word right isn't there, so I'm going left. You want to have a relationship where you and God are in communication with each other. And you want to be able to say with Abraham that The word of the Lord came to me saying. Now, so many people use this erroneously or haphazardly, and it has caused damage. And even in Pentecostal churches, you hear pastors say, don't say God said to me, uh, the Lord told me this, or the Lord told me that. Just don't say that. Go back to the Bible. And when we, I get it. We're trying to stop the abuse of all this weirdness when people say God spoke to me. But in putting out the wildfire, we put out the real fire. We need the real voice of God for our lives. You might need to hear the Lord say today, everything will be just fine. You might need the Lord to say to you today, I've got that covered. You may need the Lord to say to you, this is unto death. Prepare your household for the end of life. You might need the Lord to say, I've got your grandson already covered in that state far away. I don't know what the need of the hour is for you other than to say, I know that the need for faith is there and that faith is central in the voice of the Lord. Verse 4, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him. Behold, the word of the Lord came to him. I'm going to teach maybe tonight on hearing the voice of the Lord. I'm not exactly sure uh, what I'll do tonight, but that's my current plan. The need of the hour is to hear the voice of the Lord. Uh, Let's just do a quick song, okay? Speak, my Lord, speak, my Lord, speak, and I'll be quick to answer thee. Speak, my Lord, speak, my Lord, speak, and I will answer, Lord, send me. Speak, Lord. 
I need a word of faith. I need a word of cope. I need a word of wisdom. I'm guessing there'll be 100, 200, 300, 500 people here Friday for a team that was, that died in an act of, uh, of police security. I don't know. I don't know any of the details, but I'm going to have 500 grieving people sitting right there. I need a word from God. You getting it? I need a word from God for dad. I need a word for God for the police. I need a word from God for you. I need a word from God for me. And the word of the Lord came to Abraham saying, can I tell you the story you've heard a hundred times if you've been here very long? Uh, Pastor Neil Shineman, Guy Moffley and I, we have it on video. Uh, we were doing Alaska Live. We had like this $8 camera. It's all we could afford. It's grainy and Guy's hand holding it. Pastor Shineman's sitting in his Kennedy rocker. He called it with his dog puddles or I forgot the name of that poodle, whatever the poodle's name was sitting there in Pastor Shineman's lap and he's rocking back and forth and we're asking him the key questions of life. I say, brother, Shineman, what do you want to say to a young preacher like me? He said, Kent, I want to tell you, I don't have faith to die. I said, okay. He said, because it's not my time to die. But when it's my time to die, I'm going to have faith to die. Because faith cometh. It always comes. And as long as I live, when I face life's situations that I don't know if I have faith for. I know that the word of faith will come. The word of faith will come. The word of faith will come. Blake, I don't know if you're listening, your wife, she lay your 16-year-old son to rest on Friday afternoon. You don't have faith for that yet. But Friday around one o'clock at a hole in the ground, faith will come to lay your son to rest because faith always comes. It always comes. You see, believing God in his word reveals that essence of faith. Believing in God in his word. It includes total trust. Total trust. Total trust. Maybe the most popular verse in the Proverbs and one of the most popular verses in the Bible is trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And since it's so famous, I didn't pick it to put in the notes. But there's, there's something about this word of faith that you trust God's word of faith. Everywhere, I got asked over and over in Thailand, aren't you afraid to be here with the coronavirus? I said, you know, everywhere I go, something's wrong. When I went to India, I went to a leper colony. And those lepers needed to hear about Jesus. And if I reached out and laid my hand on the leper, I didn't know if I'd get leprosy or not. But I trusted in the Lord who took me to the leper colony. When I went to a village in Africa where 80-something percent had died of HIV AIDS, I could have been afraid and fearful and wondered. But the 
Uh, here's, here's my line. I worked on this thing all night. It came to me. The God who connects you is the God who protects you. Amen. If God connects you to an AIDS community, he's the God that will protect you. And if he doesn't, he will get glory out of your sickness. Amen. Total trust. The verse I picked is Psalm 910. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Total trust in God. Believing includes total confidence in God. 2 Timothy 1.12. It's not only I trust you, but I'm confident. Now this one I'm working on. I, I'm confident in God in quite a few things. Like the vision I had of heaven's gates, I'm confident in that. I know how to pray into that. I know how to go that direction. I'm less confident on divine healing things. And uh, uh, in Thailand, we did a bunch of ministry. And uh, at one village, there was a, a, a guy that just gave his heart to Christ and he couldn't walk. And I felt sort of like something inside me say, take his hand and say, rise up and walk. But I didn't do it because I'm not quite that confident yet. I know you are. You would have done it without a doubt. You're more spiritual than me. But I I did say, oh, Lord, heal him if it be thy will. But uh, looking back on it, what did I have to lose? Is my name on the line? No. I know whom I have believed and, and this confidence in God. Everything will be, I've got confidence God's going to see me through. Andre Crouch, 18 at 112, whatever year he's saying that. Uh, I've got confidence, man. Just believe in God. Got all the confidence in the world. Pastor Faye's favorite verse out of Joshua. Only be thou strong and confident. Be thou strong and courageous. Why? Because it's the voice and it's the voice of God and our confidence is in him. Praise the Lord. I'm not ashamed for I know whom I have believed. I'm convinced that he's able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. That's a debate in, uh, in Greek. I prefer the other translation that he'll keep that which I've entrusted to him. It's either entrusted to him or he entrusted to me. The key there is trust. But whatever it is I've trusted God with, I know whom I have believed and I trust him with this. Praise God. I, I, I woke up Keela. I think I woke her up or I interrupted her anyways the other day. There was an earthquake in Turkey and what, nine, ten, some people died. So I, I call her. I say, hey, Keela, how was the earthquake? She goes, Dad, I didn't know there was one. So pretty soon she texts me back. She says, it was a thousand miles from me, Dad. <laughs> right? Did, did Muldoon Assembly put Keela in the hands of God? Did Paula and Kent put Keela in the hands of God? Did Keela put Keela in the hands of God? Then I'm convinced that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him. It's total action. It's trust, it's confidence, it's action. So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Faith that doesn't have works is dead. And when I look at my life and I look at your life, I want to be a cheerleader on the sidelines, inviting you to works of faith. 
We do faith promises. Very few people do faith promises, by the way. Uh, I don't, uh, uh, generally, it's the poor that do faith promises because they want to give something and they have nothing. And so they say, God, if I'm going to be able to give anything, it's going to have to be by faith. So we don't give by faith. We don't tithe by faith. Uh, most people, when they tithe their 10%, 90 is adequate. It's not a tithe in faith. It's not a giving in faith. It's not a prayer in faith. It's not a bold statement to a lost world in faith. It's not a rebuke to the enemy in faith. Most of the time, I think we're not walking in the faith that God invites us to walk in. And he invites us to walk in this faith and have this faith that does great and mighty works. Inviting you, uh, generally, the work God wants is you to use your mouth to declare the glories of the Lord. So I've been practicing what I preach because I am very sensitive to demons and idols. Anybody else here sensitive to demons and idols? Couple of us. Uh, I am. Well, they're on every corner where I've just come from. And uh, I decided that one of my goals is to sing the praises of God in a hundred nations of the world. That's just something I want to do. The Bible says, sing my praise among the nations. So every Buddhist temple I went around, I sang a song of somebody here that I know and love. And, uh, for Bill Berger, I was walking around one. It was ornate, detailed. You could feel the spirits of darkness. And I walked around singing for Bill Berger, Jesus. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. People are looking at me and I'm just walking around this Buddhist temple singing the praises to God. It's not a big act of faith, but it's using my mouth in faith to declare the greatness of the God who called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. Right over here, Brother Harper, he wrote me a letter like 100 years ago. He said, I want somebody to thank Alaska Airlines for putting a prayer on the uh, on the first class uh, ta- um, plate. Not on the plate, but on the tray. They would include a prayer. So I started a Facebook group, Alaska Airlines prayer card or whatever. I can't remember what I called it. And I got a hundred something us people. And I wrote, I, uh, I, I knew the fa- one of the founders of Alaska Airlines back in the day. And I just wrote him a letter. You challenged me to use my voice of faith. I said, my name's Kent Redford and I'm a pastor in East Anchorage. And I want to thank you for putting a prayer on the, on the tray of the first class uh, flyers on Alaska Airlines. It's not a big act of faith, but it's an act of faith. It's using my voice for the glory of the Lord. It's, it's trust. It's confidence. It's action. Now, Gary Cox is good at this. Where's Gary when you need him? Like you come and you go, my back hurts. He'd say, heal his back, Lord. How do you feel? My back hurts. Let's pray again. Lord Jesus, now how do you feel? My back hurts. Oh, Jesus, pretty soon just to get rid of Gary. I'm feeling good, brother. I'm good. And, uh, you know, like if you'll stop praying, I'll just call it good. No, brother. Why was he wanting to say? He's wanting to see the action of faith. He wanted to see the action of faith. 
Does anybody remember Teresa Cress on Wednesday night at the Holy Spirit Conference? Uh, I forgot us. Joe Purcell, the president of Rama Bible College in Singapore, walked through divine healing as an attorney. He's an attorney. He said, I'm going to walk through divine healing in the Bible like an attorney would build a case. And it was very legal, structured healing talk. He said, now we're going to pray for divine healing. Teresa Cress came right down that aisle into this middle. She said, I brought this. Was it a dress or a cloth or something? What was it? A robe. She brought a robe. And she said, now J.L. Cox is unto death with cancer. And she's going to have surgery. And I want her to wear this robe into surgery. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, that was a pretty legal sermon. I'm not feeling like Holy Ghost goosebumps or anything. They prayed, poured a little oil on this robe. They flew it to Seattle, put it on J.L. And J.L. lived 10 more years after they thought she was going to die. A little act of faith. By Teresa Kress. Right? You, you see what I'm saying? It's not in the Bible exactly. Anoint robes and send them to Seattle. But the act of faith is in the Bible. The act of faith is in the Bible. In like faith, we walk in God's promises to Father Abraham. And here's where I was trying to head with my introductory comments. It says in Genesis 15.1... The Bible says to Abraham, you know what? You know what, Abraham? Fear not, for God is your shield. I'm talking about faith that fears not. Faith that looks at all the fiery darts. Faith that looks at the enemy. Faith that smells his sulfur breath. Faith that feels the heat from hell itself. Faith that knows every demon of darkness is lined up against you. And you say, give me your best shot because the Lord is my shield and my buckler and my rampart. He's an ever-present help in the time of trouble and I'm living by faith and I will not fear. Fear not, Abraham. Well, where am I going? I'm not going to tell you. That's later, bud. Well, well, who's already there? Well, there's giants in the land, but we're not going to talk about that right now, Abraham. Yeah, there's going to be 400 years of slavery. Your people have 400 years of slavery. We'll get to that later, Abraham. But right now, I'm building my son, Abraham. Remember, I'm your father, Abraham, and you're going to be the father of faith. And there's something I want the father of faith to know. And I want every generation that follows after the father of faith to know this. Don't be afraid to live by faith because I'll be your shield when you step out in faith. When you give money you don't have, I'll be your shield. When you pray prayers you don't feel, I'll be your shield. When you go through valleys you don't think you can manage, I'll be your shield. When the enemy is on your shoulder as if he's a million pounds, fear not, I will be your shield. Fear not, Abraham, I'm your shield by faith. Praise God. Praise God. We're not living by a wing and a prayer. We're not living by luck and chance and karma. We're living on the strong word of Almighty God. And He is our shield. And we will not fear. We will not fear getting old. We will not fear rest home. Danae just came back. Hi, mom. Love you, mom. 
You know I'm praying for you. My mom gets lost now driving from her house to her church. It's one turn and a straight drive. She goes, Daddy, Grandma's memory's kind of kind of not good anymore. So last night, a mom calls to pray, and I'm knowing her memory's not good. And what's my mom doing in this season of her memory? She begins to weep. Oh, God, our country is lost if you don't come in. We got politicians voting to kill babies after they're born. This nation is toast, God. If you don't send revival, we're lost. I'm listening to an 87-year-old woman whose memory isn't firing off in every way as we'd want it. And I listen to an old lady say, you know what? I got a word from God. This is one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. And we're not folding in to a bunch of baby-killing politicians. In case you wonder where I stand on the subject. I'm not Democrat or Republican. I'm Christian. However, the Democratic Party took me out to eat a few years ago. Pastor Kent, we can't figure you guys out. You're a one-issue group of people. That's what we are. What's that issue? Abortion. Can't you see that there's more to politics than abortion? I said, oh, yeah, there's a lot more. But here's where we stand. If you'll reach inside my wife's womb and kill my baby, I don't trust any of your decisions about anything. Why am I on that? Because my 87-year-old mama said, my memory's not all it should be, but I'm standing by faith for my country. I'm standing by faith for my country. Fear not. I'll be your shield. And then lastly, he says, for your reward shall be great. You know, there's not much reward in being a conservative Pentecostal preacher in America today. We're kind of laughed at. We're kind of mocked. One of my good buddies just started going to church. He wanted to see what it's like to worship with gay couples. Good buddy of mine. Come on, Kent. You're outdated. You're anachronistic. You're out of your era in history. You're get up, catch up with the times. Don't preach about stuff like that. Leave it off the docket. Grow a big church. Get a lot of people interested. Come on, kid. But I have another reward waiting for me. It's not the reward of a culture today. It's a reward of the God who said, fear not, I'm going to be your shield. Can you imagine it? You close your eyes and all of a sudden it's bright. It's like, whoa, it's bright. Oh, I think this is heaven. 
Man, that air is crisp and clean. Who's got my hand? Jesus. He says, welcome home. The songwriter said it this way. Just imagine stepping on shore and finding it heaven. Of breathing new air and finding it celestial. Of waking up in glory and finding its home. For great is your reward. Yeah, it's tough to navigate conservative Christian beliefs in the corporate world. I know that. To our military personnel, I salute you for serving Christ. I think it's a little different right now than it was a few years ago, but man, being a Christian in the military a few years ago, they were trying to put us out of business. Our chaplains were having a hard time. Uh, it was tough. It was tough. You put on that uniform that you swore to defend this country and wear, and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All you guys that got on planes in the 60s and 50s and went overseas. You didn't go for an idea of communism at home. You went over there to fight what some are trying to bring here now. I'll quote Bill Berger if you might. He can't tell me not to. If you want a communist country, move to one. There's plenty to go to. Maybe I should stop. I'm thinking I might like get fired after this one. I don't know for sure. You know what I'm saying? Joe Featon told me this. He said, Kent, America is an idea. America is an idea. And if you mess up the idea, I'm not sure you can recruit an army to protect it. I'm not trying to get you to vote for anybody. I don't even know who's running. I know one guy has a funny last name. That's all I know. I don't watch TV. I haven't seen the news in five weeks. I don't even know what's going on. But I know this. Can we stand in faith for our country and not be afraid and say the Lord will be our shield and great will be our reward? I would have stopped way sooner if you weren't playing such beautiful music behind me, Jesse. That's nice. So, God, I think you showed me a bunch of people at MCA that got a little fear going on. I emailed a girl in China that's from our church, and her name's Jacqueline, Jacqueline Gu. I said, hey, Jacqueline, how are you doing there in China with all this 
stuff going on. She goes, I'm doing okay, but I've just had a few major disappointments. So God, for Jacqueline and everybody else that says, you know what, I'm trying to walk by faith, but I got some disappointments. I I wasn't quite ready to say goodbye yet. I... I had hoped that it turned out different. Faith cometh. It always comes. And so we fear not, for the Lord is our shield. Would you stand, please? I can't pray over everybody today uh, just for a lot of reasons. But I want to pray the blood of Jesus around your household. Okay? And the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to walk around the outside of this space praying. And just forget about me. And you talk to God and you sing to God. And I'm going to just walk over here down that aisle. I'll include the balcony. I'm going to come under here. Leave my mic on because I want you to hear me praying the blood of Jesus over our sheep today. Okay? What are we singing? Give me faith. Hit it. Lord Jesus, I bring Malden Community Assembly to you under the blood of the Lamb. You are the shield. You are the hedge of protection. You are the covering in our lives. We are not open game to the enemy. We are washed in the blood of the Lamb. We are covered by His anointing. The oil of the Spirit is upon us. And I walk around this house as if it were my own family. And I ask that the blood of the Lamb of God will be over each person, each cell, and each body, each mind, each fiber, each bone. I pray, God, that the blood of the Lamb will cover this assembly. 